I wouldn't be mad if someone yeah. told me that body of yours is insane. Right. First of all, it kind of is. My body <laughs> is ready for a grippy sock vacation. <laughs> Ooh, feel this carpet, Robert. It's so sexy, so soft. It is nice carpet. I bet the police get in your pants all the time. You gotta watch those cops. They'll fuck you to death. Look, I want you to know that you're just not impressing me with your hot mouth. $45, please. I'm Katie. And I'm Claire. And this is... You like that? The podcast where I make Katie watch Golden Age pornography and talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to You Like That. Today, I am joined by our producer, Eleanor, because Katie is off doing a real job. Uh, Eleanor, thank you so much for joining. How are you doing? Hello. I am thriving, surviving, and driving to this podcast. Not currently, (laughs) no. No, just like, I I have drive for life in general, I guess. (laughs) Oh, good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you are driven. I think you're of you as a driven individual. Um, <laughs> you know, from listening to the podcast because you have to because it's your yes. job here. Yes, that I always start out by asking Katie if she's seen any good porn recently. So yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the same question. First of all, like, what kind of porn do you usually like? You know, that is a good question, and I am down to to answer it. Good. Yeah, because <laughs> Katie does not like answering that question. She doesn't. She's answered it a couple of times. That's true. That's true. She has given answers. Well, you know, I my tastes really have like a broad range of things. Like, mm-hmm. I think on another episode, actually, I know on another episode because I edited it. Uh, you were talking about like gifts and stuff. Yeah. And I, I love a gif. I love a gif. Yeah. I absolutely adore a GIF. I have been into just sort of like GIFs with captions for whatever reason. That's like a uh, good presentation of erotica that just like works for me. Just really does something for me. I did see one of the most interesting weird fucking things that I've seen recently was someone who had made like an inspirational porn GIF for himself and it was this lady like kind of aggressively sucking this guy's dick like very enthusiastically and the caption said something about like if you continue working on yourself (laughs) going to the gym being a good man and going to therapy this will be your life i love that with like a motivational message <laughs> i it's like hang in there baby hang in but, there <laughs> but porn oh instead of the kitten holding on to the end of its little rope right yeah <laughs> it's a motivational a, poster <laughs> it's an aggressive blow job that's yeah. so good i love that uh right? i didn't even know that existed and i'm happy to know that it does yeah we like a motivational I don't know. Yeah. I like I like something, you know, this is maybe my my fucking uh terrible media brain, but I really like something with a solid 
a solidly worded call to action. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. Like, uh, you're going to get out there and, like, suck those dicks or something like that. Not that specifically, because that's their... Yeah, yeah, get your, get, get your dick sucked or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's like, I don't know. I feel like I need some sort of mixture of, like, a, a little negging, but mostly encouragement. If that makes sense. Yeah, I too enjoy. And I think the the negging thing, we're going to get into it here with this, with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, before we do that, though, I feel like since you shared, I have to share. Oh, um, yes. I, what have I been watching? Well, my, my boyfriend and I have been watching. Uh, we'll put on a golden age movie to fuck to just because like it's good background noise. Right. You know, hey. it's fun. <laughs> That's I an aesthetic, it. ambient. Yeah, you know? we know that I like that. Um, <laughs> you but do when like I'm a- that. I do like that. You but when like I'm that. alone and just trying to like get off so I can go to sleep, uh, right. you know, because it's it's a really, it's, I, I think jerking off is like an important relaxation technique that doesn't have to be like this big drawn out erotic thing. It could just be like a physical, Interesting. Let's, let's shut down for the night. That's so, yeah, that's um, so interesting. And in, yeah. that, and in that instance, I'm looking for something just to like speed up the process. So I've been watching a lot of just guys jerking off big dicks, just a lot of big dick oh, that, jerk off videos. I They're like a that. minute long. Yeah. Oh, those are perfect. Yeah. Just like, I like it when they, when they get up in there with the yeah. <laughs> but, uh Or just like they get real creative yeah. with it. I don't know. I just, I, I really appreciate <laughs> And attention to detail and a care in the yeah. craft and you know just like i don't know i like i like it when people get inventive with their their craft i was Sorry. gonna say i like it when they start out like with bulge like in their boxers oh yeah 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 that yeah, is fucking solid i think that's really that good um sometimes i just like you know they don't even have to reveal the dick i can just see it through and i think that's pretty cool the movie that we are talking about today the, the film, film. Yeah. The cinema is Talk Dirty to Me, 1980, directed by Anthony Spinelli, whose uh, given name was Sam Weinstein, but was also known as Sam Weston. He produced a few mainstream movies and acted in a few things, including Green Acres. This movie is about three things, I think. A woman who just wants a guy to talk dirty to her, and her husband mm-hmm. won't do it. Yep. Um, a man who views women as conquest. And then another man who's a little simple or dense, shall we say? Oh, I love him. Uh, a little slow. I do love him too. And he wants to lose his virginity. So there's a lot of things going on. How do you feel about dirty talk? Oh, it is one of those things that can go so, so right or so, so wrong. Personally, I feel that the more subtle, the better. I like a little bit, things a little bit more indirect, I guess. And this movie was full of a lot of very direct dialogue. I don't know. How do you yeah. feel about... Oh, well, so I like I like very aggressive, direct, somewhat demeaning dirty talk. So this is actually... Like John Leslie, the thing John Leslie does works for me very well. Like the, not to put him on blast, but it's kind of... It's a similar in style, not necessarily in content, but similar in style to what uh, my boyfriend does. So I... Oh, well. I, uh, <laughs> I Good to know. And, <laughs> but like bad dirty talk... You got to do it with confidence. There was a time, there was this moment, I'm, and this person doesn't listen to this podcast, so he's not going to 
he's not going to care. And I'm not going to name him. But I was hooking up with a guy who I think actually, you know. Anyway, that's not important. Um, <laughs> we were both drunk as shit. And I was like, can you like say some stuff to me? Like, you just like, oh, I don't really know. And then he's like, you're really beautiful. It's like, that is not what I'm looking for. Actually. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like, I'm like, can you? And finally, I was just like, can you just like call me a slut or something? <laughs> And he was, he was, he was horrified. I felt bad because, because he was like, oh, I've never done that before. Uh, I guess I could try. And the best he could come up with was beautiful slut. (laughs) That's adorable. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Which was pretty endearing. The, the mean the mean names don't work for me. I gotta say, uh, like the mean names don't, because they just like don't have any power anymore. So it's like, oh, you slut, and it's like, okay, uh, yeah, well, I'm here that's... aren't I? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, what? your dick's literally in my mouth. I right. know. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we're actively fucking... fornicating. <laughs> Keep up you are telling me old fucking news <laughs> yeah that's a good point well that's why you got to get creative you got to move beyond yes. slut but like slut's like the baseline all right good so we've established how we feel about yes. dirty talk yes. which is relevant yeah. here usually i would do a little like historical background thing i'm not going to do so much of that because we were lucky enough to speak with howie gordon aka richard pacheco who is in this movie he plays lenny the very sweet man who is trying to lose his virginity he is a beautiful himbo he is an absolutely wonderful himbo and i love his energy and he is so sweet and just like playgirl centerfold he was a playgirl centerfold he was i mean he's still a very handsome man he was so hot um and yeah just has like a really nice energy Mm -hmm. just like a very Mm -hmm. kind and he is he as you will see from this interview that we're about to play before we get into the discussion he's a very sweet man um his book is very good hindsight if you have not read it get it he also does an audio version where he reads the book that is very entertaining he sings a little bit i i highly recommend his book but yeah we'll go ahead and let you listen to the discussion with howie and then we'll be back to talk about the movie and you say in your book that Talk Dirty to Me was different from the beginning. What made it so different from the other films you'd worked on? Okay, so uh, everybody tells me Sam is the best director. He's the, you got to meet Sam, you got to meet Sam, you got to meet Sam. Okay, so I go to meet him. He reads me for a part in a movie called Easy. And uh, I read the lines, he reads the girl's part, and then we read him again. He gives me some comments about the character. Then we read it again. This is three read-throughs. In a, and it's not even an audition. I'm just meeting him. But it turns out it is an audition. I didn't know it. And this is already more than anybody's ever gone through with me in an audition before. And then he goes into this long speech about how the scene fits into the play, the movie, the script in larger, and how this, that. And, you know, he's having his way with me. He's a director, and I'm an actor. He goes, look, you're the paint. I'm the painter. That's what movies are all about. You, we just use you. You're the paint. And you paint, you be the paint like I tell you to be the paint. That's what you're here for. And don't mistake, with him, it was all about power. If you have an idea of your own, it better be great if you're going to open up your mouth because he don't really want to hear it. He knows what he wants. So anyway, we be, and then we ordered dinner. Spinelli was overweight. He was a big fat guy. He offers to buy me dinner. And I was in, I was gorgeous. I was in the best shape of my life. I was working out seven days a week like a motherfucker. I had abs. <laughs> 
I hadn't mm-hmm. seen my dad since I was four. <laughs> he, uh, I ordered dinner and I ordered something like five fried eggs, two orders of hash browns, two orders of bacon, two orders of toast, and a, two orange juices. And he just watched me ordering that. And he fell in love with me because <laughs> that's who he was when he was a young guy too, I guess. I could eat that and get away with it then because of how much I was working out. Right. So that's, that's when awesome. we became friends. And he tells me in this audition, okay, well, we make a few movies together. And then it moves on to, I had told him about my uncle Izzy. I was raised in a family with a mentally retarded man. He was my mother's younger brother. And he came to live with us when my grandmother died, when I was four. And at first he was like my brother. Then I was like the younger brother. And then we were the same age for a while. And then I became his older brother. And uh, I joined the family in taking care of him. It was our family's responsibility. We didn't have the resources or the will to put him in an institution. And in my family's way, you take care of your of your blood, period. It was some of the finest work we did as a family. But I, mm-hmm. he was a huge influence on my life because he was funny. <laughs> and in our house, we had a wonderful time with him. And it was only when we had to bring him out in the world where it got weird. Anyway, Sam had known a guy like this in his life. Uh, he lived on a street where there was a kid, Melvin, and the whole street kind of took care of Melvin. He mm-hmm. was part of the community. And Sam thought, wouldn't it be fun to make a movie about a kid, a guy like that? And when yeah. I came along, who knew that character inside and out, he's time. So he, he got his son to write a script, and that was a script for Talk Dirty to me. Okay, so I'm playing Lenny, and uh, Lenny's being taken care of by Jack. And Sam says to me, John, John Leslie's going to play Jack. And, he, and I said, oh, fuck John Leslie. I don't want to work with him. Right. I had met John Leslie when I was a rookie. And I met him and Joey Silvera. I was I was in a drive-in movie before I got in the business, fucking in the back seat, looking up at the screen. And there's John Leslie and Joey Silvera. Right. And so now I'm, a year later, I want to set and they walk in and I'm like a puppy. I want them to like me. I'm running up and wagging my tail and, blah, 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 blah. and John goes, hey, hey, Joey, look at this one. Oh, no. Hey, hey. they're talking like i'm not even there (laughs) and they're not nice and this is like fraternity hazing and i was the rookie and i oh fuck these guys are assholes so i don't want any part of them now sam who's my new mentor and friend and director wants me to work with him i said no i don't want to work with him joey and john they can work together i don't want any part of john and sam says no you're dead wrong kid you guys will make magic together and I wrote in the book, we did. Yeah, you have great chemistry, the two it of you. It surprised both of us because yeah. he hated me. He he think, he pisses all over Berkeley. It, it's like <laughs> in The Godfather, the way Santino, James Caan, treated Michael, like the kid brother. That, right. that was the relationship. Santino, he's, he's slapping him across. The, you, you don't go fight for somebody else. You're crazy. You know, your family. So that that's how it was. And when John and I started working together, it worked. Yeah. But he thinks I'm retarded. That's why it works. He treats me like that on camp, off camera and on camera. He always thought that I, you know, I, he was, he was the, the taken care of guy. So right. we start shooting, we start shooting talk dirty to me. Oh no, I, I'm missing the, 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 the critical ingredient here because it's painful. A week before we're going to start shooting the movie, I have everybody over to dinner. My wife and I had done some time living with some foodies who taught us fancy wines and cooking, and we took care of their kids with them. So we had a year of that under our belt. So we made a, a, a beef wellington 
and a dacquoise, which is this fancy French dessert, and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. We, we put on the dog for them. And Annette Haven is there, and John Leslie's there, and Aunt Peg is there, John Seaman, some other luminaries from the Golden Age that you never heard of. Mm, uh, I've heard of them. <laughs> okay. So they're all there for dinner, and it, it gets to be, and Annette and John, they're both alpha dogs. And they'd been lovers in movies. They'd been doing, they, they'd known each other for a long time. And they start putting on their show where neither one of them will let the other one get on top. They, right. And they're, they're funny and they're sharp and they're, and they're putting on their show. And the phone rings in the next room. And I go into, it's two o'clock in the morning now and we're all drinking and I go in to answer it. And it's my dad on the phone crying. I never heard my dad cry. He's calling to tell me that Uncle Izzy is dead. Okay, <laughs> I don't hear the noise in the other room anymore, and I'm just trying to cope with this. This was the first death in in my life, in my family. There were five of us. Now there were four. Yeah. Izzy's gone, and I'm supposed to play him in a movie that's starting shooting in seven days, which I my parents know nothing about, and I kept my career a secret from them for about five years before I was told them anything. When I go in the other room, I tell Sam, Sam, it was Izzy that died. Mm. And uh, I say, I don't know if I, 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 he doesn't know if he has a movie anymore. And when you make movies, you spend a lot of money in advance setting everything up and you lined up all these things that they get paid. And right. if he doesn't have a movie, he needs to know. And if I'm up in there, he doesn't have a movie. So I tell him, I'll tell him as soon as I know. And the rest of that night was uh, grieving. I had to call my brother who was out of the country and track him down and tell him. And I had to call my parents and tell them uh, what res- I, I was going to get a plane, next plane in. And in Orthodox Jewish, which is where I was raised and they were still practicing it, you bury your dead like fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 10 minutes after they're dead, whoop, mm-hmm. the hole in one. Uh, so turned out I couldn't get into Pittsburgh before the funeral. Because if they were going to bury Izzy in the morning, and this was like in the middle of the night, I'm talking to them, and uh, my plane wouldn't get in until like five o'clock if I took the first flight out. So they said, don't come. Oh, man. How could I not come? Okay, I, I can't do this now. I decide after uh, a lot of storm and drong that, to make the movie. Mm-hmm. It will be my homage to my uncle, who was a very gentle man. And it was... Um, uh, I would play him. That would be my gift to him. And that's how yeah. I was coming into the movie. Yeah. So in the movie, there's a crying scene. <laughs> and um, it's the climax of the movie. John takes care of me. And in this climactic scene, we're shooting it at sun sunset. In movie talk, that's golden hour. Uh-huh. You're using the natural light. You only have like, until it comes down, um, about 10 minutes. And then too dark. So we have a five minute take. And if we're lucky, we get two chances at it. If, if we're unlucky, we don't. We have to do it again the next day, which costs a lot of money. We go ahead and shoot. And the scene is we're on a couch and over our shoulder is a picture window. And it's the bay, San Francisco Bay, Alcatraz. And it's beautiful. And it's sunset. And John is playing his harmonica. John is a, was a brilliant musician. Who knew? Yeah. He was a porn star, you know? But he was a brilliant musician. He was a brilliant watercolorist. 
Well, again, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with so much intersection of, you know, actors in this field being yeah. creatives in so yeah. many different yeah. ways, like yeah. whether it's, yeah. you well, know, a thespian or a painter or or whatever it may be. Well, I and always it, thought, I thought he was just a fucking macho asshole. So, <laughs> I mean, here's, my enlightenment comes in the movie where all of a sudden he's playing the harmonica, like, you know, great. And I have to, so he's playing the harmonica and I'm sitting like with my head on his shoulder and I start crying because none of the women want me. They all think I'm an idiot. And I am. Um, and so I'm just lonely and miserable. And <laughs> believe me, this is one time tears were not a problem. But why it's interesting, we shoot the scene, we do a one take of it. And at the end of the take, the crew starts applauding. Yeah. That's the only time that ever happened in my whole career of 10 years. Crews in point don't applaud performances by actors, but they did this one. Mm-hmm. And Sam shoots them all a dirty look. It just turns it off like water from a faucet. He didn't like the scene. He wants to shoot it again right now. And he comes up to me and he puts my face in his hands and he says, we're going to go again, kid. Only this time, just let it out. Just let it out. Okay. Action. Okay. Going through it again. I start talking, but something happens that never, ever happened to me before. The words are coming out of my mouth, the tears are coming out of my eyes, the scene's being played by itself. (laughs) I'm not there. I'm in my mind. And in my mind, I see my Uncle Izzy. And he's dead. (laughs) And he sticks his head out from the clouds and says, it's okay. Go ahead. Use it. Yeah, like a dissociative sort of just like connection to this person that you love so much. That must have been so tremendously powerful, especially in the context of the film. I didn't even know the film scene was happening. I was with him. And then the next thing I know, I hear Sam say, cut. And he's applauded. Wow. I've written, it was the only time in my life I ever understood acting. Mm. Wow. And And then- I didn't know if I approved of it. (laughs) It reminded me, I was a history major, and it reminded me in the Middle Ages when barnstorming theater troops used to go through the uh, countryside and they would come into towns and the church people would often tar and feather them for putting on plays because their sin to the medieval mind was they played with life. And life wasn't to be played with. Right. And so after that incredible take, that incredible scene, does that end up being in the movie? No, (laughs) no, no. At the end of the movie, (laughs) that's a great story too, because the the movie is all done. Everybody goes home and all the film companies that shot in San Francisco are all from LA. The only reason they didn't shoot in LA is they'd get busted. So they all came up here and created an industry which didn't exist of shooting it up here. And then they'd all go back to LA to do their post-production work. So the movie goes back to LA and they got, they got it. Then you make a film, you make a rough cut. That means you get it all up to a certain stage and you haven't added the music or this or that yet, but they, they're ready to show it to the producers who are paying for everything. And the producers have talked dirty to me. Well, Vinny and Ani from New Jersey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're showing Vinny and Ani to the movie. And they, Vinny is not, 
Sam, fucking kids crying, Sam. The fuck is this shit? There ain't no crying in porn. Get this fucking shit out of the movie. Oh, no. That's exactly out. And Sam's saying, well, it's important to the arc of the story. And it's really, that's the shit out of the movie. They own it. It's their movie. The shit's gone. You know what's really interesting about that, though, is that you had talked about, like, um, directors using actors as their paint and they're the painters but i think like more like they i think it depends right it depends on the on the person behind the camera because i feel like a lot of like more sort of like mainstream directors if you will like do think about their uh like the script being the paint and the actor being the painter and it sounds like in this moment you were really kind of the painter like of this of this deep emotional sort of like well, complex character and they took it out which is devastating you get surprised by yourself sometimes and you get surprised by what happens on camera and it's mm -hmm. the director's choice whether the surprise is better than what he had planned or not and then he mm -hmm. makes the choice of what to do about that yeah, um, right so in, in this case he went with it and they wouldn't let him do it and that movie came out without that scene in it in fact there's more to the story when I, I, the movie comes out, there's no that scene's not there. So I call these people up and say, "Can I have that footage?" Because I just had the most magical moment of my life happen, and it happened with cameras running. Imagine that when you're an right. actor and you have some kind of extra sensory experience, and there's a camera, it's all recorded. I just wanted to see it, and they go, oh, "Sure, sure, you can have it." But what happened was the movie came out. And even without that scene in it, it became this huge hit. Uh, it wasn't Deep Throat. Nothing ever was or will be. But it was big in the porn world because it smelled like the crossover film. This smelled good right. enough to send to straight world. And uh, all of a sudden, everybody's talking about a sequel. But when they cut the crying scene, Sam and these guys went to war. And they couldn't be in the same room again. Uh -huh. Sam had a three-picture three deal with them. Um, that was done. That ain't going to happen. And the Sam wants to make a sequel to this now that there's interest in it because there's money now. Everybody smells more money. And he says, um, don't make the sequel with them. Make it with me. We'll make our own. I'll find other money. And uh, John, God bless you, John. John said, they offered John a lot. They offered John, the producer said, us, make the movie with us, not him. Not going to happen with him. I say loyal to Spinelli. If he doesn't direct it, I'm not going to be in it. And John says, I don't know. Every time I do something nice for somebody, I end up getting fucked. <laughs> and he ref he went and made the movie. So Top oh. 30 to me, part two, is out there with another person in my part. But then he also made nothing to hide. That's John. He got paid by everybody. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> That's John. That's yeah. what he figured. And uh, nothing to hide later became... Uh, nothing to hide happened because uh, the producer who did nothing to hide originally or wanted no there was happened when there's a producer named sydney Neekirk, and he did some films with sam and he went to the awards one year and a couple of other producers won awards for best movie and he didn't so he said to sam i want to win next year i want to win make me a movie to win an award right so sam said great that was what paid for nothing to hide i Thank have you. um two books out on the market one is called Hindsight, 
True Love and Mischief in the Golden Age of Porn. It's a written book, and you can get copies from me at www.hindsightbook.com. www.hindsightbook.com. Now, for those of you that don't want to read, I've just completed and released a brand new performance audio, we call it. It's way too sexy to be called a mere audio book. It's a performance audio where I get to perform all these stories I've been telling you that are written down. So I'd love for you to be interested in uh, those that like their, their books uh, on, in their ears. The way to get that is to go to howiegordon.bandcamp.com. howiegordon.bandcamp. Bandcamp is one word, B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P, Bandcamp. howiegordon.bandcamp.com. And that's for the audiobook of hindsight. There's a second book I've done, which is called Return to Squirrel Hill. Squirrel Hill is a neighborhood in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. And this isn't about porn, but it's a hell of a good book. It's about my, I got a call in 1992 in my 40s. My mother had a heart attack and I didn't know whether she was gonna make it. And it was my job to go home and help the family. And I left my wife and three kids and went back to Pittsburgh where I grew up. And so going back to Pittsburgh, Squirrel Hill, the neighborhood I grew up in, I tell stories about growing up. That's, that's one third of the book. The other third of the book is my mother's operation and what happened with all that. And the last third of the book is the story of my best friend and me, a guy named Harold. Harold uh, and I, well, we went through the 60s together and uh, he kind of got lost. Between drugs and mental illness, it's an amazing story. And that's the last third of the book. So I tell that story, Return to Squirrel Hill. Most people hear Squirrel Hill and they think of the tragedy that happened there two years ago, where there were lone gunmen came into a synagogue and killed 11 people. Oh. So that's I... why Squirrel Hill rings a bell in people's consciousness. But this book has nothing to do with that. Okay. It's a neighborhood. I wrote about the book. This book is not about the tragedy in Squirrel Hill. And that tragedy doesn't make Squirrel Hill a tragedy. This is a story of the, one of the thousands of people who lived in that community and um, what happened to them. So that's a good book. And that uh, you can get that copy at www.returntosquirrelhill.com. And you can get the audio book of that at the same address I gave you for the hindsight. And that's okay. Howie Gordon at bandcamp.com. And Howie wanted me to make sure to add a big thank you to his producer, Jimmy Michaels, for all of his outstanding work on the audiobooks. And we're back. All right. So before we launch into it, we need to do two things. Talk about the cast. We have Jesse St. James as Marlene, John Leslie as Jack, Richard Pacheco as Lenny, Juliet Anderson as Helen, Sharon Kane as Rose, and Dorothy LeMay as Jill. Ooh, the cum count. That's fun. Ooh, come count. Yeah, this is your first come count. It is my first come count. Baby's first come count. That's it's like a terrible Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What? All right. <laughs> we have. Can you imagine the count doing the come count? Von. <laughs> yeah. Five no, come yes. shots. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> That's cursed. All right, let's get serious about the cum count. We have six instances of penetrative sex, five instances of finger sucking, five cum shots, four blowjobs, four instances of nipple licking, three instances of pussy eating, two female orgasms, two instances of female masturbation, two instances of breaking and entering, two mm. instances of 
pubic hair brushing, one facial, one hand job, one dick flash, one impromptu ass contest, and one tender first kiss, and finally, one de-virginization. That, that pretty much sums it up, yeah. That, that's, I mean, I, that happens. I like that you listed their crimes as well, yeah. because I think that's really important. It was relevant. I felt like the breaking and entering, because it was in pursuit of either being a peeping tom no, it was sexual in both cases. Yeah, like in yeah. both cases, they break and enter to, to spy right. on this woman. They do. And I was very excited for them to like maybe take adverse possession of the house eventually. Mm. But they, I don't they don't do that. No, I they appreciate don't do a that. squatter. I really appreciate a squatter. Squatter's rights. <laughs> Eleanor, <laughs> said, Eleanor said squatter's Eleanor, rights. Eleanor says squatter's <laughs> rights. All right, so we've got a, a beautiful opening shot of just two bros hanging out, watching hang gliders. They were so fucking, like, excited and, or no, not even excited, but, like, upset about mm -hmm. the lack of female hang gliders. And I thought immediately, like, wow, these guys are allies for, for <laughs> women in sports. Yeah, I think it was women. more, well, Lenny, Richard Pacheco's character, is very excited just about hang gliding in general. He's like, right. look at him, and he's jumping, and he's punching the air. But Jack Jack is like, uh, I want to get laid. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm looking for women, man. Look at that chick's ass. And then Lenny's like, maybe there's a woman in the hang glider, and there isn't. <laughs> and then Jack, like, wouldn't you rather fuck? Wouldn't you rather get some pussy? don't you guys ever put women on these things and so <laughs> no <apparently>. yeah <laughs> concerned about representation and hang gliding yes. yes but maybe for not purely uh progressive no, reasons not for purely progressive reasons you're right that's, but that's, that's okay totally true as long as there are more women hang gliders <laughs> exactly that's all that matters how we get there <laughs> so then after they watch some hang gliding which is pretty impressive i enjoyed the hang gliding they go down to the beach yeah it's good it's a pretty movie they go down to the beach and can I just say, their outfits are so fucking good. John Leslie's got the cool guy aviators on. He's got a button oh, up yeah. with like, like some little like epaulette things. But like, it's just, it's just very, he just looks very cool in 70s. And then Lenny has on jeans, Nikes, and a track jacket over a sweatshirt. And to me, these are two of my favorite aesthetics for men. To me, they both look very hot. You know how much I love an aviator glasses. So much. I didn't, but I'm glad that you I mean, do, I wear aviator glasses do. all the time. Me too! <laughs> Yay! Yay! I was wearing them today. Yeah, they're great. But they're on this beach, and once again, there's no women. And Jack's like, there's not a single girl here. Oh no, Lenny says, there's not a single girl here yet, Jack. Bunch of guys fishing. <laughs> fishing with the bros. And then, and then Jack gets very like philosophical yeah. he's like you know what they say no women can turn a beautiful day into a disaster and an ugly day no women no chicks yeah that line 
I, I found structurally very confusing. I was just <laughs> confused. But he as makes what... his point. He makes his point, which is he wants to see some fucking women, and he's and then he just he's like, "I'm so horny." And then uh, Lenny yeah. says, "You, I've been horny since '72," establishing that he has he has not fucked. Yeah. And then there's this moment that I think is very telling where where Lenny rests his head on Jack's shoulder briefly. And it's like just a very, it's like this casual intimacy that's real. I would say it is an omen of things to come mm-hmm. in like those last scenes, which we'll talk about, you know, yeah, much later. But yeah, that was a good moment. Like I... I yeah it's very like you know they end up breaking into a house together and (laughs) stalking a woman together yeah Uh. (laughs) but they they really care about each other in a way yes i mean i don't know well i i spoiler alert you see that more in the second movie called uh oh fuck what is it called i don't remember Dirty to it's me not talk no it's oh. not talk dirty to me too and actually uh howie's interview he talks about how talk back there's some there's some contention dirty? there's some contention over that no talk oh. dirty to me let's Why resume our this? conversation dirty too i don't know <laughs> you're very good at this but no it's it's something no. <laughs> called complete okay nothing to hide which it's doesn't sound related, but that's because someone else had the rights to talk dirty to me. Oh, I see, I see. Um, so that they technically call sense. it a spinoff. And and that movie re- explores more of their relationship, and you really do see that, like, they love right. each other. And I think due to the editing in this one, which Howie talked about, you don't get as much of that in right. this movie. But this, the other one in um, Nothing to Hide, you really do. So uh, after they sit on the beach and complain about the lack of women... They go to get some coffee at this little beach coffee cart. And the guy, Irby, who's running the cart, that's Anthony Spinelli. Oh. Yeah. That's the director. So what are you bums up to today? I don't know. What do you want to do today, Jack? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Aren't you even going to say hello? Is there anything you want to do? Anything at all? I feel like doing something different. Something, something exciting. How about getting a job? I'm starting to get on my nerves. I just want to let you know that, okay, Herbie? I love it when directors throw themselves into their own films. I do too. Andre Bouchard does that in Mascara too. He's on the train at the beginning, and I I always think that's fun because you you get to see the man behind the camera. You get to see who's responsible, which I think is very important. Yeah, who did this? Who did this? I think more directors should be in their films so we know we know what they look who like to blame or who to praise mm-hmm. you know on site yeah on site. and so in addition to anthony spinelli who's called irby in this movie uh a woman is working there named patty it's very clear that jack has fucked patty and lenny yes. wants to fuck patty and patty wants to fuck jack again and you know it's very awkward patty's like aren't you even gonna say hello and he's just actively ignoring her you could at least say hello. You haven't seen me in months. You'd see him if you came back to work a little bit instead of fucking around somewhere. My ass. <sighs> Damn it, let's get the hell out of this place. It's too nice a day. Come on, take it. Get your coffee here. I haven't had my coffee yet. Take it with you. 
Meanwhile, Lenny is really trying to get her attention. Jack's like, we should go. He's like, I don't want to go. I want to look at Patty. But I don't want to go. What are we going to do, Jack? I like you here. I want to look at Patty. Lenny, get the car. Jack, wait! And then Patty does this thing that just breaks my heart, where at first she's like standing up for my standing up for herself, like, aren't you going to say hello? Why are you ignoring me? And then as he starts to leave, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get mad. I didn't mean to get mad. Just answer me. When can we get together? Yeah, that made me so sad, too. Like, I, I It is sad. It's <sighs> a bummer. And it establishes Jack as an asshole, because then he says, I'm just not in the mood for you. When I want you, I'll call you. Patty, I'm just not in the mood for you, all right? When I want you, I'll call you. Yeah. Yeah. And then she that, goes... Uh... I was good. Didn't you say I was good? And that. I was good. You said so. Didn't you say I was good? Yeah, you were good a year ago. That reminds me, and this is going to date me, but remember in Buffy the Vampire Slayer where Angel loses his soul after yes. they fuck? Yes. And he's like being a real dick. And yes. she's like, wasn't I good? And Sarah Michelle Gellar's delivery on that is so heartbreaking. And it, it just reminded me of that. But it's kind of a... Just thinking about know, that made my hair stand on end. Just remembering that scene. so it's powerful. Just, it's really powerful. So particularly when you're 11 or yeah. however old I was when that aired. And then Patty's like, why not me? And and Lenny's like, yeah, why not her? And she says, get lost, freak. Promised. You promised me, you promised me get the car, and then you see jack start to get mad lenny gets hurt and lenny says he said i could fuck you next he promised that i could fuck you next he what? and then patty kicks the shit out of him yeah she's sort of like you know push and then they like cut to lenny just like being yeeted across the beach like he is being like he's like flying across this beach in a yeah. way that like was obviously not this like 120 pound woman like shoving this man yeah this grown man across the beach he flies and he uh flies. he apparently like breaks his ankle or something as a result oh he sprains his, his ankle yeah thank god he didn't break it because it would have been you know you would have had to roll around on those little scooter things i had like when uh, i broke yeah. my ankle it's not sexy. It's not a sexy. No. You got to put a bag around it when you're in the shower. It's a whole fucking thing. He would not have been able to break into that building with with all that shit happening. No. And we no. wouldn't have had the fine film we have. No. But Jack gets like very protective. Like his kind of big brother instinct kicks in. Again, kind of signaling that like he actually has some sort of human feelings mm -hmm. towards this other man. And then it's very dramatic music. Like dun, 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 dun. Like... <laughs> it's serious like shit's going down music i did appreciate a lot of the music choices in this i'll say oh yeah it's got like a, a score good. it's it's uh it's a proper film so then they have to go to the doctors because lenny's ankle's all fucked up and the doctor is played by chris cassidy who's also known as buffy stevens she's interesting she's in a lot of stuff she actually we haven't covered it yet but she plays annette haven's lesbian lover in sex world actually lesbian partner because like Annette Haven's character is going through a lesbian breakup and that's why she goes to sex world but Buffy Stevens Chris Cassidy she actually preferred women in her personal life and she worked with her partner Mickey Starr and together they produced and directed um, and starred in lesbian porn and they had their own production company called Tigress Productions 
Oh, I have heard of Tigress Productions. That is yeah. Nice. So that's that's her. Yeah, that's Buffy Stevens Good or Chris them. Cassidy. Yeah, love that. Love that. So for she's them. playing with. I love that for them. So she's, you know, the doctor typing up her notes. Jack is in the waiting room and he's like, is it broken? She's like, no, it's just sprained. And then Jack says, you're a damn good looking woman. You know that? Which, honestly, one of my least favorite things is when men say something like, has anyone told you you're really beautiful? Yeah, actually, a lot of people. And they don't like it when you say that. But like, what are you supposed to say? Oh, no, you're the first one to find me attractive. May I jump on your dick? I was born in this room literally yesterday. So this is my first time having a human conversation. So yeah, this is the first time I've heard this. I've never even owned a mirror. I don't know what I look like. I don't. So it's good to find out. Thank you, sir. She just ignores him. She's like, that'll be $45. And he said... I bet you're worth more than that. Not for me. I wouldn't pay you shit, but I bet some heavy <laughs> dude would pay you big bucks to get in your pants. This is All a right. wild thing to say to a, a medical practitioner. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is just a, this person is charge, in charge of giving your best friend medical care. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. And Lenny's still back there. Like he's, he's still, still in the process of receiving care, but he, she uh, she says, do you want me to call the police? And he says, I bet the police get in your pants all the time. Watch those cops. They'll fuck you to death. I bet the police get in your pants all the time. Huh? You gotta watch those cops. They'll fuck you to death. That Yeah, yeah, I remember that line. I was like, that's... I mean, you do gotta watch those cops. You do. You do, you do have gotta to watch, watch them. Cops. Yeah. A-cab. Uh, A-cab. I don't know that they'll A-cab. fuck you to death, but they might, 13, you 12. know shoot (laughs) you yeah if that's what he means by fucking you to death with you know bullets in your face yeah that's (laughs) that's very accurate in any case death is on the table death is always on the table yeah they don't got what i got nobody's got what i got and he's talking about his dick a lot of people have a dick those cops they're hung pretty good huh if they ain't got what i got nobody's got what i got right Right. And uh, I feel like as a doctor, she knows that too. You know, like she's, well, okay. So one thing that I found very strange was the fact that like she was up front in like the, the reception area filling out paperwork. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if anyone who wrote this, like was familiar with like the concept of, I don't know, doctor's offices and how like, there's usually like a a receptionist (laughs) or like a medical person. (laughs) Yeah. They don't like hang out. They're going to hand you off to a nurse and get back to doing surgery or some shit. Yeah, I think it depends on the doctor. Some doctors obviously do really care, but they're generally not like... Well, they're busy. I'm not saying they don't care. I'm just saying they have other things to do other than talk. Yeah, they have other shit to do other than, you know, have random patients in the waiting room tell them about cops fucking them to death. Yeah. (laughs) Real aggressive stuff. And he just keeps going. She says, you're not impressing me with your hot mouth. He says, it's not my mouth I'm talking about. Look, I want you to know that you're just not impressing me with your hot mouth. $45, please. It's not my mouth I'm talking about, sweetheart. You know what I mean? I swear, you've got some great tits. Can I suck on your tits? Play with your nipples a little? And then she kind of like, you. Get, she's getting a little turned on. She's like, don't. I swear you got some 
great tits. Can I suck on your tits? Hmm? Would you let me do that? Can I play with your nipples a little? Don't. And he's like, I want to fuck you. And she, and then it'll be the best fuck you've ever had. Hey, I'm not so bad. And she says, I'm going for the police. And he says, fuck the police. And he said, this is the first time he says it. He says it twice in the movie. Fuck the police. A cab. <laughs> Thank you, John Leslie. Um, but then he whips out his dick. Just yeah, yeah. Non non consent. Well, I mean, no, it's non consent. It, she didn't ask to see it. He whips it out. I will say, I do like John Leslie's dick. Um, it's yeah. just, it's not too big. It's just like a, I don't know, probably like eight inch, nicely shaped, just like journeyman porn dick. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he's it'll like take you, you where like you need that? to go <laughs> it, it will it'll get you there he whips out his dick and he says you like that and i was like that's the name of the podcast <laughs> you want this nice to suck and she whispers please don't and then he just puts it away which is a power move i'll give him that right and then he says what what time are you off three be at my place at 3 30 and she <laughs> she seems into it which high risk move yeah yeah i can't say that i would be into that a lot about this is a lot of high risk moves i mean like she has she's a doctor she has like scalpels and stuff she could like easily stab you <laughs> like I, I scalpels hemostats suture material right a lot a lot of weapons a right. lot of weapons but then we cut back to Lenny. He's getting kind of worried. And he's like, why? Yes, Jack. Why did Patty get so mad at me? She scared me. And he's like, oh, she's just joking. She likes you. In fact, she was just like talking about how much she likes you, which is a lie. But he's just trying to make his little buddy feel better. Mm. The doctor comes in and she tells Jack she can't see him till five today. And he's like, so? And she goes, so? And then he tells Lenny, go wait in the car. <laughs> with your sprained ankle and he's like why what did i do wrong he's like nothing just go wait in the car <laughs> and he does he goes and he waits in the car and then we get our first wait in the car. we get our first sex scene genuinely that is the best dirty talk in all the movie is go wait in the car <laughs> <laughs> go wait in the car yes daddy oh god don't forget to crack the window. <laughs> so Lenny goes and waits in the car so uh, Jack can fuck. And this doctor now is suddenly very into his dick. He's like, you got, she's, you got me so hot, I want to touch it. Oh my God, it's so big. Do you, do you sit, tell guys their dicks are big? You know, if that's an accurate statement, I generally try to be truthful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What do you say? I always feel like you have to say something upon the really? reveal maybe you don't oh maybe God. that's just me i feel like i have to give feedback so i i'm like i rarely say big unless it's like really really big that i will comment on but usually i'm like oh it's a nice shape oh it's a like a good shape or like you gotta <laughs> i've said pretty before i've told people they have pretty dicks that's fair that's fair i i don't know i'm sure i do say something but i can't necessarily like I don't know. At that point, I'm I'm not really like committing what I'm doing to memory. At that point, you know what sure. I mean. It's just sort of like sure. I'm very you're in the moment. I'm focused on other things. I'd say. Okay, that's yeah. probably a better way to be. But <laughs> this doctor's like, oh my god, it's so big. 
you're an animal. Where do you learn this? He's just eating pussy. I mean, where does anybody learn that? You just, you do it enough, get the hang of it. Girls school? Right? <laughs> Wellesley? I don't know. You go to girls school? Um, Wellesley? But he, uh, oh, college. but he says, he, he, he does answer. He says, in school, like a good boy. That, that was alarming. I mean, <laughs> I hope, I hope he means post-secondary education. Yeah, like at least late late high school. At least. <laughs> something something like that. Uh, at least. And, you know, age appropriate. Uh, nothing illegal. Right. He has very... Uh, un- he has an unusual approach to uh, cunnilingus, I gotta say. Well, it's the porn approach, right? Where Because yeah. you want to make sure people see... And this is something uh, I think Sharon Mitchell actually talked about, like with... Yeah, with like blowjobs and with like oral sex in general, like you, you have to give more space right. than you usually would. Because like, right. if your if your face is in, if your face is mashed in there like it should right. be, you can't, you can't see, see much. Shit. You can't see shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, there's something. Somebody said something about like, you know, if it looks good, it doesn't feel good. But if it feels good, it doesn't right. look good. And that's something, you know, it, yeah. I'm used to as somebody who, you know, makes videos, not pornographic videos, but like, you know, regular ones, I guess. I don't know if any video is really regular, but, um, you know, you end up like sort internet of- Internet videos. Yeah, internet videos. Yeah. Uh, you end up putting people like, if they're sitting around a table, they're like unnaturally close to each other. People are always like, at first they're like, what? what? I'm sitting like si- six inches away from this person, but- on video it looks farther away than it actually is there's right. lots of like weird little distortions right. that you kind of have to make up for so it makes sense that you kind of have to take a much more i guess broadway approach to sucking dick um you know you got to play to the yeah. cheap seats in some sense a state a stage stage actor approach and that's why mm. like yeah you said his, his tongue is like very fluttery yeah very, very fluttery. like very snake-like yeah, flicking. he's doing a lot of flicking. Lots of flicking. Anyway, and she's like, I don't know why I put up such a fight. You really didn't put up that much of a fight. And he's saying like, oh, doctor, doctor. There's lots of whispering. There's some knee kissing, which I think is kind of hot. Like he's holding her leg up and like kisses yeah. her knee while he's fucking her. I think yeah. that's a good move. That is a good um, move. But mostly, right? Yeah. It's yeah. intimate. It's like, a, right. it's Kissing someone's knee, like a part of their body that's not inherently sexual during sex, right. I think is very hot. And, you know, he's just hammering away. I think it kind of indicates that, I don't know, someone is there for the whole experience. They're not just totally focused on themselves or what they're feeling yeah. or how hard they're doing something or whatever the fuck. They're, they're there for you. And for mm-hmm. themselves, sure. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I do like the fact that, like, unlike a lot of, uh, you know, straight porn currently, I could see the male performers' faces and reactions to things. That yeah. was very nice to me. And I was, like, I mean, I, that's more of the case in, you know, golden age smut. But I don't know. I just, I just really appreciated the uh, attention to detail there. It was nice, like the the fact that they were yeah. included as people. Yeah, and that's something Christy Canyon brought up in her interview is that now, like with men, you mostly just see dicks and torsos. Yep. 
don't like that. You don't really see their face. I don't like it either. I because it it feels it doesn't it feels less intimate. And, and again, like yeah, I mean I it's still cool to just see a, a dick and a torso, but I mean I know I'm not like the target audience for most of this. But mm-hmm. when I see that sort of a thing, it just like reminds me that I'm not the target audience for something. And yeah. that can be sort of like womp womp, you know, like I, I womp womp. Yeah, yeah. I try not to think of demographic data when I'm trying to get off, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Am yeah, I in the, the 13, you know, the 18 to 35 data. or whatever the fuck? <laughs> Data is such a bleak word. It's like content. Data and content. But anyway, he, you know, fucks her for a while. Her orgasm sounds pretty good. She is exquisite. She's, I think she's a great porn performer. I think she gives like a very realistic but enthusiastic performance. He does this thing where he grabs her neck. Not like choking, but just kind of grabs her Mm -hmm. neck, which I think is hot. Then he comes on her face. And then, uh, then she, you know, finishes cleans cleans him up with her mouth if you will (laughs) she does do that yeah she does do that she does do that yeah what did you think of the sex scene overall i thought that you know it was a pretty good warm-up for the rest of the film i think uh yeah it was all right like i i did not find this one to be the most memorable of the scenes in the film and i don't okay think that it's because of any of the performers or the directors or the editors doing anything wrong. It just was sort of like, Oh, right. This is a porn. Um, and you know, I I was kind of honestly so disoriented by the, by the dialogue that preceded it, that I was just sort of like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. I think it establishes a few things. It establishes one, the relationship between Jack and Lenny, where Jack's always saying he's going to help Lenny get laid, but then he just takes the women for himself. No. Um, not that he could have given the doctor to Lenny, but right. you know, like he, he prioritizes his needs over yes. Lenny who just had a traumatic medical incident. <laughs> so yeah. And, and we, and we also established this guy, this guy fucks. He you fucks. Know? He fucks. This is a guy who fucking fucks. He's a fucking John fucks. Leslie. He's- He's just a he's, he's just a guy. Fucks, you know what the fuck? What the fuck? He's a just like an Italian, just an Italian mm-hmm. guy who fucks, <laughs> which I love. I love Italian men. A boy who's half Italian, and it's great. Um, so that scene is over, and then we cut to a guy named Frank and his beautiful wife, uh, Jesse St. James. She's in a lot of Golden Age stuff. And she was originally actually offered the role, Kay Parker's role in Taboo, but turned it down because she didn't want to do anything incest related. Right off the bat, she's establishing herself as a bit of a movie buff because she's, she quotes, she says, if you need anything, just whistle. If you need anything, just whistle. You know how to whistle, Steve? You just Put your lips together and blow. You know how to whistle, don't you? Everyone knows that yeah. quote. Um, yeah, and yeah, then you put your case... lips together and blow. And, and at first and I was blow. like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying that, ma'am? Why are you saying what? that? What? 
And then I and then I clocked that it was like, oh yeah, that's a famous movie quote. Like Yeah. Yeah, and she's making it sexy. And then in case he doesn't know what it's from, she goes, It's from Have and Have Not. You know, that's from To Have and Have Not, nineteen forty four. And he like, yeah, I know. So we we've got a certified movie buff on our hands. Right. She is a cinemaphile. We love a cinemaphile. Yeah. And we, Jesse St. James is a really, really good actress. Like I, I think that like I don't know. I really liked her performance in this. She just seemed very, she doesn't like overdo a whole lot of her choices, her acting choices. Mm -hmm. She does seem very natural. Really believable. Yeah. Yeah. She has talent. Yeah. She's great. Her husband doesn't want to fuck. She's trying to get him to fuck before he leaves on a business trip or something, but he's worried about missing his flight. And then she's like, look at your watch. And he's like, I know what time it is. I don't have the time. I've got to be at the airport in almost an hour. No, you don't. Look at your watch. I know what time it is. It's almost nine. And then she says, I set the clock ahead so we'd have an extra hour. No, it's not. I set the clock ahead so we would have an extra hour. That's a hack. Right. Oh, that is my a God. life hack. It's my, a little bit dishonest. My ex did that for me because I am chronically bad at figuring out what i need to do to leave the house on time hopelessly fucking bad at it so uh when we were going to Mm -hmm. uh my friend's wedding he did that exact same thing to me and i was fucking freaking out and he was like hey we actually have an hour we don't need to leave until six and i was like bless you just like bless you but yeah (laughs) the reality is i do that to my I do that to my neurodivergent boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it is very much appreciated. Uh, please lie to us about time. Yeah. Because we don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. It's um, tricky. Yeah. It is tricky. So then he's like, oh, cool. And they have time to fuck. <laughs> the reality of air travel there is amazing. He's like, I, he's like, he has to mm-hmm. leave for his plane. He only has an hour to get there to get on the flight. <laughs> like wow <laughs> the fucking 80s were very different yeah, holy well, shit <laughs> well it was pre-9-11 yes yes by true. by some time and yeah you know you used to be able to just waltz onto a plane like a bus kind of yeah i think i don't know i wasn't alive in 1980 <laughs> but anyway then now that they have time to fuck jesse st james a name called marlene in this movie is like put your tongue in my mouth you're going to be gone a whole week. I'm going to miss you. And she keeps like directing him. And then he's like, you're so lovely. Let me look at you. This guy has beautiful slut energy. <sighs> Same energy as the guy who called me a beautiful slut where, where she's like, I don't want to look at, it. I want to be, I want to be touched. And he's like, I love your breasts. Can't you say tits? <laughs> he cannot. <laughs> say you, and she's like, say you want to suck my tits. Say you want to suck my pussy. Frank, Frank's not doing it. Frank's not complying. He just says, he says, don't make me say it. Just let me do it. And then she's like, okay, fine. I guess. <laughs> I guess you could just suck my pussy instead of saying you want to suck my pussy. <laughs> but I get the frustration. I, 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 I like verbal. I like verbal stuff. You know, give me a little preview verbally of what we're about to do. She starts with a blowjob. Uh, this guy, Frank, is actually in like 36 porns. He's usually a professor, a doctor, a husband, things of this nature. 
while she's blowing them, we get some very like romantic swelling music. Finally, Fred says something. He says, I want to be on top of you. Direct. To the point. He gets his wish. I'm noticing a lot of tan lines on both of them, which I love. I loved the tan lines. Something about a tan line really works for me. On both of them. Really sexy. Yeah. Yeah, the actor who plays Frank has a very, very nice butt, as I recall. Yeah, cute butt. The thing that I wrote down while I was watching this scene was just like aggressive fucking. Just aggressive. Very, very aggressive. Like lots of... Yeah. Yeah. They they fuck they fuck hard. Good for Frank, right? right? Yeah, good like for Frank. he he may not talk dirty, but he he does dirty. He does dirty. Like he lifts her butt matters. off the bed while he's oh yeah <laughs> yeah. But he really he really gets in there. He lifts her butt up off the bed. Um, then she turns over. The music shifts from romantic to like kind of playful and jaunty. Yeah, she really likes getting fucked by her husband. She's very vocal about it, and. I will say there is something really nice about fucking someone that you've been fucking for a long time and you get it like streamlined. Yeah. You get it dialed in. Absolutely. You know, like you, you, you know, what works, you hit those points. Some might call it, I think it is very unfair to call it boring because it gets results. Everyone gets off. Everyone gets off pretty quickly. And uh, then you can watch a horror movie or something. Right. I mean, but they're having, it seems like they're having a kind of a more dramatic version of that kind of sex where like they, they're kind of hitting all the marks. He's on top. They flip her over. He hits her from behind. He, I don't think, uh, it's not clear whether she gets off or not. She's making a lot of noise. There could be an orgasm somewhere in there. He comes on her ass and uh, then he goes to the airport. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I've... They get it done. He goes on his business trip. Victory lap, I guess. Yeah. Everybody gets their nut. Right. A victory lap. Yeah, victory. So now we know who she is. She's a wife who wants her husband to talk dirty to her. Even though he fucks good, there's this need that's not getting met. We cut to Jack and Lenny on the beach again, and they see Marlene. And Lenny says, oh, she's beautiful. What would you give to have her? I wouldn't give shit. What would you give to get her? I wouldn't give shit. But then, uh, like, he implies that he doesn't want to fuck her. But then, moments later, says, all I need is three days. I'll fuck her to death. Three days, my man. All I need is three days. I'll fuck her to death. Three days? That's right. Much like a cop, I guess. (sighs) Yes. This is clearly, this is a compulsion. How How would you categorize this man's relationship to sex and women? Damn fuck getting the character sheet beats here like <laughs> he's very aggressive i would say personally like too aggressive for my tastes yeah i mean i yeah. recognize that this is a film so you know you do need the characters to be proactive in certain ways otherwise the plot yeah. will not move forward but there were certain sure ways in which i felt jack was a little bit too much for, for yeah. my tastes he is compulsive i would say yeah he i think he has some compulsive issues around sex but i also think that like anthony spinelli isn't trying to make him the hero mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he's not like look at this great guy and how great no. look at all these women he gets like there's it's it's a critical 
portrayal of this character. Yeah, you're right. He is framed in a way where it's like, this guy is kind of a dirtbag. Yeah, this guy is not even just kind of. He's he's a a dirtbag. Which is why I'm kind of into it, unfortunately. I mean, I I wouldn't want to be treated like that in real life, but in a porn scenario, I like seeing it play out play out on the on the silver screen so jack said i'm gonna fuck this lady in three days then we get you know they're driving around the city they're following her (laughs) in their car she's driving a nice mercedes there i don't know what they're driving but they're following her seeing what she's doing i liked their car and they uh i like the little driving scenes between jack and lenny they're just like two guys on the road stalking a woman san francisco (laughs) It felt very San Francisco. Yeah, it's great. So then Lenny says, movies. She likes movies. Nobody knows better movies better than you, Jack. Nobody likes so movies better than you, We got another movie. Jack. <laughs> movies. She likes movies. No one knows movies better than you do, Jack. No one. Someone probably does. So then they're standing outside this beautiful movie theater and Jack's like staring at a movie poster. Marlene comes out and he goes, ah, I tell you, what a year for movies. And she goes, I beg your pardon. <laughs> right? She's like, what are you talking about? What? Ah, I tell you, what a year for movies. I beg your pardon. What? <laughs> and, and then he says 1941. And then he names a bunch of movies. And then he talks about a Three Stooges festival. And then she's just kind of like sort of engaging, but like trying to be polite. And you can tell she sort of wants to leave. And then I like and then that. I like the, how realistic yeah. that was. It was just like, yeah. what? Can you like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Can you like not right now? <laughs> 1941. What a year, huh? Sweethearts, Casablanca, Maltese Falcon. They die with their boots on. You know, next week they're going to have a Three Stooges festival. I can't wait to see that one again. All right. <laughs> it felt very, be real, talking. very true. They do be talking. It's a relatable <laughs> moment. And then again, he goes, she like the, the conversation kind of lulls. And he goes, yeah, movies. Used to be for <laughs> 75 cents. Now it's $5. Yeah, movies. You know, they're so damn expensive nowadays. Used to be, if you have 75 cents, you could spend all day in a movie theater. Now it costs you $5 to get in, $2 for gas, $5 for parking. <laughs> it felt like the a fucking so conversation between my grandparents. <sighs> like, they used to cost... Cottage cheese used to cost three cents at Walmart, and now it's $4. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Okay, Grandma. And then he starts talking about gas. Gas yes. is so expensive now. <laughs> and then and then he says, if I had a nickel for every movie I've seen, <laughs> I'd be a rich man. Probably buy myself a movie theater. If I had a nickel for every movie I ever saw, I'd be a rich man today. I'd probably buy myself a movie theater and watch movies all day long. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what a life that would be. Yeah, what a life. It's giving have you seen on cinema at the cinema? It's a it's a Tim Heidecker show with Greg Turkington and oh, yeah yeah the premise yes. is they have a movie review show and but really only Greg likes movies Tim's always trying to Tim has a bunch of harebrained schemes and like <laughs> a lot of pyramid 
scheme kind of shit. But like whenever he has to talk about movies, that's what it sounds like. He's like the movies. When you got movies with Tom Cruise in them, you can't lose. And it's just the delivery is very Tim Heidecker. So I really enjoyed that. But yeah, he just keeps going. I'd buy myself a movie theater. I'd watch movies all day long. What a life that'd be. Dreams and fantasies. Dreams and fantasies. <laughs> fantasies. Dreams and fantasies. You're right. Yes, well, it was nice talking to you. And then she goes, okay, well, it was nice talking to you. <laughs> and leaves. exact place yeah, okay great um so related cool get up bye so nice to meet you <laughs> see you later <laughs> anthony spinelli knew what he was doing you know he really scene. did he like really did <laughs> yeah he he under i think he understands kind of what it's like to navigate well not that he understands what it's like to navigate he has some sympathy and empathy for what it's like to navigate the world as a woman who is right. approached by men when you don't want to be right so she leaves and what do they do they follow her some more they follow her some more because the, the plot woman. must happen because the plot must happen yeah her outfit's also really good all the outfits and this is good so then they follow her to her house which is gorgeous and large and jack says lenny my man we're in luck and lenny says jack i don't even know what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) i don't know where i am who you are i don't know what's happening (laughs) what is going on but the reason he says we're there in luck is because there's a house for sale next door and this is the first breaking and entering where they break into this house that's for sale and they're going to squat kind of setting up and he says i bet that's her bedroom window right across the way and lenny says jack can i have her too after you get her sure why not i just need three (laughs) days and this is again like jack has clearly promised him women multiple times this is never he's never come through yeah he's never upheld his end of the bargain promises promises but lenny's lenny's pretty chill about it like he he doesn't he doesn't seem mad or anything. He seems like a golden retriever. It's like you can break promises to him, yeah. all sorts of promises to him. And he just doesn't fucking remember, apparently. Like, it, it, yeah. tell him to wait in the car. He waits in the car. Tell him, He's you know. He's a sweet young man. Just a sweet, dumb, young puppy. Just looking. I'd fuck him. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fuck Lenny. He's he's sweet. He's nice. Yeah. He's willing. Uh, we'll get yeah. to his sex scene later. But yeah. uh, anyway, back to, back to the breaking and entering. They're getting set up, and then Jack sends Lenny. He says, tells him to get beer, potato chips, bread, salami, and binoculars. <laughs> Look, um, why don't you take the car, go back to the room, get some beer, some potato chips, some bread, salami, because we're going to be here a few days. Sure. Oh, and don't forget the binoculars. All right? Okay, I'll go now. No, next week. Oh, be nice, Jack. I'm a nice guy. That's a normal thing you can pick up from the corner stores, binoculars. Yeah, the binoculars, I think he he might not be able to get that the same place he gets the salami, but I don't know. It's San Francisco. Right. Lenny's like, okay, I'll go now. And Jack says, no, go next week. Very, very New York. Right. 
that was uncalled hey, for. Yeah, yeah, go next week. And then he's like, be nice, Jack. Hey, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> that, was a, that was so uncalled I, for. It's like, he's going. What do you want from I this I love man? it when he goes full Italian. <laughs> like, hey, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> like, uh, I'm walking here. I love here. it so much. Yeah, I'm walking here. I'm a nice guy. Go get the salami and binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> that New Jersey, New Jersey classic salami and binoculars uh, i love it so much i love it salami and binoculars <laughs> i gotta stop doing a terrible italian accent <laughs> or the italians will come for me in the night so we cut to marlene we can only hope <laughs> she is staring she's staring wistfully out her window yeah we're hearing wistful music Jack is then watching her undress through binoculars, and he's doing dirty talk right then. No one's even there listening to him. He's just doing it for himself. He's like, oh my god, look at that fucking ass. Oh my god, that body of yours is insane. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't say that body of yours is insane, but it, it does sound a lot like Adam Levine's sex thing. Do you remember that? I sure do. Yes. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Oh my fucking God. That body of yours is insane. So it's very spiritually aligned with that. Yeah. And then he like keeps going, what if she's got a guy in there? I wish I was in there. And I believe John Leslie when he's dirty talking. Like, I think it comes from a very honest place. Right. He's good at dirty talking in real life, I think. And I think he, he enjoys it. I, I could definitely believe that. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Adam... Lev Levine Levine fuck how do you pronounce his last name uh, the maroon five I don't maroon know the five maroon five man. guy he yeah his uh his sexes were very also I think came from an organic place I prefer a bit if somebody is going to dirty talk me I guess uh mm -hmm. praise is usually a safer bet than let's say a lot of other things yeah yeah I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if someone yeah. told me that body of yours is insane. Right. First of all, it kind of is. Yeah. Second of all, my like body that, is unhinged. That's just a nice compliment. <laughs> <laughs> my body is ready for a grippy sock vacation. <laughs> <laughs> that's sexy. I think yeah. that's sexy. <laughs> he keeps going though he's like oh don't close the drapes oh don't walk away where are you going come back here when we get like a really good through the binoculars a good like white panty mm -hmm. shot men love white panties or at least i don't know if all men do but a lot of men i've interacted with have a thing for like just a classic white cotton panty interesting and i don't know what that's about i've not encountered this to be honest with you have you not you haven't no. encountered that? No. I, I guess I attract yeah. a certain type of guy who really, uh, a true pervert, I guess. Because <laughs> there's something, there's something. I guess, I guess. Uh, not I'm to not... say you don't attract true perverts. Oh, oh, I'm I sure absolutely you do. do. <laughs> I just, I don't think I'm particularly clockable as the uh, classic white panty type. I don't think I, uh, maybe, maybe I just it. don't give off those vibes, you know? Yeah. I don't know that you I do either, I do, but even though, I don't know. No. I mean, I do have, so, when I was in college, someone told my roommate, yeah, Claire seems like the kind of girl who just let you do whatever you want. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, if, 
Was that a passive aggressive statement? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I he mentioned it as a compliment, I think, but and I was just kind of like, oh, mm. that's. I, I wasn't offended. Right, 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 right. He probably meant it in the sense that you are laid back and fun, but sure. <laughs> a, fu- a cool girl. Cool. She's a real cool girl. <laughs> is I think what was implied. Next scene, we cut to. This is outside. This is outside Marlene's yep. beautiful home. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Mr. Stocky Jack, he rolls up and he's like, you don't recognize me, do you? Oh no, she says, you don't recognize me, do you? And he says, no, I don't. Oh, hello. How you doing? I was, uh, I hate to bother you. You don't recognize me, do you? No, I'm sorry, I don't. It was not believable for a yeah. second. Oh, no. No. I don't know you. Immediately, though, he's like, oh, I'm a handyman. Well, you need some help. And she's like, yeah, my gardener is sick. And he's yeah. like, I can have this whole place in a week. I clean up around houses. I do our jobs. A retired carpenter, no doubt. Exactly. exactly. Right. Good. Hey, let, let me take this. Where do you want it? Uh, in the backyard. Doesn't your gardener usually put things away? Well, he's been sick. I can clean this whole place up for you. That's not necessary. No, really. To me, it looks fine. I don't. I don't see what needs fixing. No, I didn't either. And the the fucking tossing of the garden hose, I have to say, was very weird. The 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 most like he he does back there is he just like takes her garden hose and he just like fucking eats it. There's a lot of fucking weird tosses <laughs> in this film that I noticed. He just throws things just, around. Like, throws I'm working. <laughs> just throw. Yeah, he just like throws her garden hose. And like That's this is like right. the first I forgot about time that. she has interacted with him in like a handyman context. So if if that were me, I'd be like, "What the fuck? Why are you What's just throwing on? shit around?" I don't but know. But now he's there, and she's she's kind of agreed to like let him yeah, help out. Right. So it's kind of hard to like back out. And then it comes out her full name is Marlene Dietrich, Mrs. Uh... Maneuver. Miller. Right. Like the movies. Yes, you're right. But it's really Dietrich. Call me Mrs. Dietrich. Dietrich. Like Marlena Dietrich? Hmm. So there's a, a little tip of the hat to, uh... I wouldn't even call that a tip of the hat. I would call that a full, like, I don't know, a fucking cap size of the hat. Yeah. <laughs> like... The hat is the hat is flipped over. It is full of water. <laughs> It's sinking it's to the sinking bottom of the <laughs> ocean. It's funny that my ex-husband thought he was related to her. Hmm. And like when we started dating, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm related because he had a grandpa Dietrich. And then he bought like a box set of some of her movies and was like hmm. so excited about it. And then when I finally met the grandfather, I was like, oh, yeah. And you're like related to Mar- I like brought it up. You're related to Marley and Dietrich. And he's like, what? <laughs> no, that's just. He's like, that was a joke. <laughs> and I <laughs> and I uh, lost it because that was so fucking funny. Because he had the little box set and everything. <laughs> oh, he was so mad. He was so mad at his grandfather. That is beautiful grandfather pranking. <laughs> Yeah, no, what the fuck? This guy was also, he's a professional juggler. He was pretty cool. I actually really liked him. But anyway, so they're talking about movies again. And 
uh, he's kind of quizzing her, doing like a little gatekeeping around yeah, cinema. I did not like that, but anyway, yeah, yeah, just too too and- familiar to a lot of my fun experiences working on sets. Let's just say. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. And anyway. then Jack says, play it again, Sam. And she says, no one said that in the movie. And he says, I was just seeing if you knew. <laughs> uh huh. All right. Play it again, Sam. No one ever said that line in the movie, you know. I just want to see if you knew. All right, then. What did he say? What did he say? It's annoying, but I actually think that's kind of how I am, particularly about porn and music. Like anytime. That Steal My Sunshine by Len, that song comes on. I launch into full. Did you know that they're actually sampling sampling uh, from that Andrea True song, More, More, More? And did you know that she was a porn star before <laughs> she was a disco queen? Like, I tried to... Just straight up info I, dumping on people. Like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> did you know... You didn't know this. I'm going to tell you now. I, when Katie and I went to see Girl Talk... <laughs> He sampled that Len song and I was chemically altered and I'm like trying to scream at Katie. Did you know? This is actually pretty interesting because everyone and she couldn't hear me. That's so, probably for the best. Yeah. And I would never mind. Let's just keep dancing. This is like the Sonic the Hedgehog fandom, but like retro pornography but for retro pornography exactly i'm just a huge nerd but the the topic confuses people <laughs> anyway he gets the quote i'm not quoting casablanca i don't care and they talk about gin of all the gin mills i thought it was gin joints but again i don't really care that much then he says i'll mow they they establish that he's gonna mow her lawn and she can pay him next week mm-hmm and so begins, so begins the seduction of Marlene Dietrich. Then we cut to, who is it? Aunt Peg, Juliet Anderson, and also Gina from Taboo. Yes, yes. She does so much and I appreciate her so much for how she is just chewing on the scenery mm-hmm. all over the place and just like loving being there, chewing on the scenery, just delivering her lines with so much. Mm-hmm. she's really like the broadway star of these like it, everything she does just like feels really like playing towards you know the the cheap seats out in the back like mm-hmm. i she's projecting yeah yeah very broad like very theater you know, kid energy like <laughs> yeah oh my god she does have theater kid energy and this character it has speaking energy it's the same energy as gina from taboo oh yeah yeah, she kind of plays that same character in a lot of her movies, right? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. That's just kind of how she is, which again I love. Very, very fun to watch. In this movie, she is a real estate. She's a realtor. Agent, yes, a realtor, which I love. Real estate porn is very popular. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what an interesting fantasy, you know, just like two fantasies put on top of each other, just like. Uh, a realtor aggressively coming on to you and uh, being able to mm-hmm. afford a home. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> yeah. In San Francisco, no less. In San Francisco. Mortgage probably like $2 a month or whatever the fuck. <laughs> $300. Yeah. And uh, so Gina's trying to make the sale. Not Gina. Sorry. 
what is her i don't even know what her, i'm just gonna call her gina that's who yeah. she is yeah, in she's my the heart. realtor she, yeah she's the realtor she's like oh you're you and your wife will love it what can i do to convince you is oh helen her name's helen because she says isn't there anything helen can do <laughs> i'm so glad your wife couldn't join us for lunch feel the ca- feel the carpet robert so sexy <laughs> So soft. Oh, you and your wife are just going to love this house. Uh, well, I don't know. I knew it when I showed it to you the other day. Well, it is the nicest house that you've shown us so far. You know you want it. It's perfect for you. It's you. <laughs> yeah, and so are the payments. What can I do to convince you? Isn't there anything Helen can do? Well, uh... I'm really glad your wife couldn't join us for lunch, Robert. Frankly, I wanted to be alone with you. I find you very exciting. You could really enjoy yourself in this house, Robert. Let me show you how much. Feel this carpet, Robert. So sexy, so soft. It is nice carpet. (laughs) I loved her sales pitch. Yeah. I also love it that, like, she's referring to herself in the third person. I think that sometimes that can be, like, a very goofy but hot thing if done correctly yeah she's going full fucking insane with it like she's talking about yeah i was just like man for one i was wondering why she kept the pink paint on the walls in that house Mm. as a realtor Mm -hmm. walls are a color of salmon that i just did not did not vibe with but she was talking about that carpet Mm. and okay this house hold on can i go on a little rant here about this home Please do. Okay. So I currently live in a uh, in a house that's kind of like a of a similar built around the same year in roughly the same style. A lot of the choices that they were making in the 80s with homes like these, yeah, were just not wise. Like the, the fucking pink on the walls, the carpeting, you should not mm. do that shit to an older home. Leave mm. the hardwood floors intact. Don't mm-hmm. fuck it up with carpet. I don't care how sexy it is. I don't care how much it makes your pussy wet. Just put down a rug. <laughs> don't. Put down a sexy rug. I don't okay. know that I've ever been turned on by carpet. No, though. I am carpet. not. <laughs> but she's, she clearly she's is. feeling, she's talking about the carpet, but she's also feeling her carpet. Right. If you know what I she mean. Very, she I very much is. Do. She's really feeling up that carpet. I really want... <laughs> Helen to host a show for HGTV. I would love that. That would be <laughs> fucking great. Can she do House Hunters, oh, that please? Would be so good. <laughs> Julia, I wish Julia Anderson was still around. She's so fun. Uh, while all this is going on, John Leslie is, you know, leering from the balcony. She's really sexually, like, kind of harassing this client here. And he is so oh, yeah. fucking uncomfortable. He is so yeah, he's uncomfortable. Terrified. He's like, please stop. I don't like this. And she's just increasingly, she's just like spreading her fucking legs and being like, hello. Yeah. And, and is like, look at me, Robert. Look at me. <laughs> He doesn't want to. Look at me, Robert. No. He doesn't want to look. And he's he's trying to be polite, but like he's freaking out, man. 
And then she's like, you were really getting to me at lunch. Our legs touching turned me on so much. I had to go to the bathroom and play with myself. That was weird. I want you. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, I don't know that she's telling the truth also, but maybe she, I don't know. I think she, she thinks this is going to make the sale. Remember when I went to the restroom? Ooh, you were really getting to me. Sitting so close at lunch. Our legs rubbing under the table. Ooh, you were turning me on so much. I had to go play with myself. Mm. I want you to touch me, Robert, here. Uh, Helen, uh, really, I, I... That's when I took my panties off, see? I was getting ready for you, Robert. Remember that big bed you saw upstairs the other day? It's got satin sheets on it. Just for you and me. Why don't you just sign these papers and get them out of the way and then we can have some fun. Uh, no, 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 I, I don't think. Fuck you, Robert. He's like, I want you to touch me. That's when I took my panties off when I went to the bathroom. And she's, again, Julia, uh, Julia Anderson character is masturbating in front of someone else without asking if it's okay for her. Not cool. Taboo. Not cool, but she's good at it. Yeah, I guess if you are going to do something, you might as well be good at it. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to do something that nobody she asked you to it. do. <laughs> yeah, she sells it. I mean, just like as an actress, right, she's, right. she really, she brings an enthusiasm to those roles. And then she tries to seal the deal. She says, let's go upstairs to the big bed with satin sheets. Sign these papers to get them out of the way, and then we can have some fun. And then my man Robert just fucking runs away. Yeah, good for him. He should call the police, honestly. That was wildly unprofessional behavior on her part. (laughs) I'm going to say the police in 1980, especially if you told them, uh, officer, a woman was pleasuring herself in front of me. Arrest her. They're going to, they would laugh at him. They, yeah, that's. They wouldn't do anything about that. That's very, that's depressing to think about because, yeah. I mean, even now, I don't think they would do anything. Probably not, They would, because what, uh, she didn't touch him, I don't think? No, no. I mean, they don't really do. He doesn't really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've definitely had some. And they don't do shit about real sexual assault. No, they don't do anything about that. But anyway, that move did not work on Robert. No. And then Jack says, looks like you just blew a sail, lady. (laughs) And then she starts, she starts to dress and like looks uh, a little ashamed for a moment. And then he says, and I'm so sorry, don't cover up. I like a nasty pussy. Looks like you blew a sail, lady. Who the hell are you? What are you doing here? I think it came out a little too strong for that Boy Scout. Shouldn't pan so much, it fucks up your style. Hey, don't cover up. I like a nasty pussy. Which is too far for me. I yeah. I wouldn't like it if someone called my pussy nasty, because it's that's rude. That but is very I, rude. I, I, get, I see what he was getting at. I see what he's getting at. She's she immediately throws back the same energy he's giving her. She says, You're trespassing, stud. I'm gonna call the cops. And then he says, I don't think so. And this is a rough line. He says, you try to call the cops. I'm going to rape the shit out of you. Yeah, didn't like that. 
I did not care for that. Not, that was that was too No, did not care for that. Both of these characters are very into let's say a a certain trespassing of other people's personal boundaries. So yeah. I was kind of like, all right, these two deserve each other. Like I was like, I don't like that line. No, but they're matching each they other's really, energy. Yeah. They kind of in some sense this is going to be mean of me to say, but I was like, you guys deserve each other. Like you, you guys are fucking yeah. like, I hope you end up together. I don't think together. that's mean. Yeah. <laughs> they could it. have been the real love story. Yeah. Yeah. I ship it. I ship it. I actually did have a guy tell me I was at a bar in Amsterdam and I was like 19 and I was hanging out with some other 19, 18 year old girls or sorry, women, but we we're at this bar and these British guys who are clearly in their late thirties, early 40s are talking to us and like we're trying to get them to leave us alone and i do because i'm 19 i'm like sorry we're all gay like and some of us were gay but and i was bi but i was and then this guy's like oh you're gay and i was like yeah and he goes you know what you need you need to be raped oh boy and i just start laughing (laughs) i would have too actually because I was just like, yeah, that's, what are you, like, I just couldn't believe someone was saying that to me, because I've been pretty sheltered up to that point, and yeah, and then he got really mad when I started laughing, and his buddy had to, like, pull him away, but anyway, don't care for that line, but like you said, they kind of seem to deserve each other. He says that, she says, like, hell you will, don't touch me. And he says, you didn't mind being touched five minutes ago. Take your hands off me. And then he just kind of puts his hands on her shoulders and just pushes her down to the ground. Like, just they just slowly lower out of frame. And he says, relax, relax. And then they start kissing. Uh, she's kind of into it all of a sudden. And I have written down a meeting of perverts because- yes. They they like being aggressive. Both of them do. Right. And, and one of them's like, oh, let's see what you got. I think I'll like it. It's like when two, what is it? Two tops meet or whatever. The memes that are just like <laughs> fucking yeah. <laughs> two people battling to the death. <laughs> in a fucking yeah, cage fight. kind of like that. This is like the cage fight sex scene. Yeah. He says, you know, I love nipples. Can I kiss them? <laughs> I like that he's asking for consent now right. around the nipples specifically. You know I like nipples. But, why would why would she know that? <laughs> For what? She has no way of knowing that. Right. But that's cool. I get yeah, all right. And then she's like, Yeah, use your tongue. Take off your shirt. I want to look at your body. And then he's like, You like my chest hair? Lick my chest. <laughs> lick the whole chest lick it like it's a lollipop or something. I don't know. <laughs> Which this this is yeah. this is an example of you just start saying shit. Yeah. You kind of run out of your best material. And now you're just like my chest, like a lollipop. Right. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. And then she's like, "You want some dick?" And she says, "I want some cock." <laughs> I like that she corrected him. Yeah. Do you say dick or cock? You know, I gotta say, I don't say either. I say mm. you, you say penis. No. <laughs> I say. I say, uh, precious scepter. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> Unsheathe your sword, yeah. sir. And plunge it thusly into, into my sheath. What sheath? Yeah, yeah there, you there, go. You go. there you go. There you got it. We're great at this. We're amazing at this. 
she does get some cock, and I will say, pre Viagra, John Leslie's erection is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Like it looks almost angry, you know, like yeah. when it's like so hard. You're like, that's a mad. That dick is mad. <laughs> oh, we love an angry dick. Yeah, genuinely, it's like so like it's aggressive in a, in a way that I'm. Yeah, exactly. Red. Yeah, it gets right. like Ugh. looks like it has a fucking grudge. <laughs> It's out to settle a score. <laughs> it's like Liam Neeson and Taken. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck does he say in that movie? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he has a very specific set of skills. I know he says that he's going to find you, kill you, maybe. I don't oh, no, know. That's hot. That's my dirty time. part. Yeah. Talk. <laughs> It's Liam Neeson, I'm going to find you and kill you? Yeah. Uh, I'm in a ditch. I can get that. (laughs) (laughs) No coffin, please. Just wet, wet mud. (laughs) Anyway, there's a lot of squealing. There's a lot of squealing in this this sex scene. I turned it down quite a bit at this point. Yeah, she's loud. Yes, she's very loud. And, you know, I uh, was... folding laundry at the time and i so i didn't have mm-hmm. headphones on mm-hmm. i was not about to like let the entire house hear this yeah because it is loud they're fucking on the stairs lenny is watching from above and she's like what are you doing to me what do you think i'm doing should i stop no don't stop and lenny's like looking kind of bummed out and then she says what i think is a pretty skillful line don't come inside of me i want to suck you to climax i want to feel your cum in my mouth and the reason I say it's skillful is because, like, she knows he's getting close, and she knows that this is a guy who does not pull out. And so she's, like, framing it in an enticing way of, like, ooh, I want to... Because that's, I mean, that's an easy way to, to get a guy to not come in you, is be like, ooh, come on my face. Because they're like, oh, that sounds great! And they forget. <laughs> Though, I don't know, the phrasing of, distracted. I want to suck you to climax? I don't know, that's a... That's a... <laughs> Climax is a very clinical word. Right, right. It's a mix of uh, vulgar and clinical. And uh, sometimes I yeah. can work, but I don't know. I don't know about that particular line. I'll just say. She reels it back in with, I want to feel your cum in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. Gets you back know. on track. I actually, while I was watching this, I was like, how big is John Leslie's dick? Because I wanted to know. Yeah. So I went. <laughs> Needed the metric. Slew thing. And the consensus is it's about eight inches, which is a very good size not that all you know all dicks are great but i found a whole discussion board about john leslie's cock Mm. and like people discussing like the color of it and that like detailed a very Mm. detailed discussion one person just being like yeah i just love his cock i think he has the perfect cock it's a great they said it was like a lovely gray color which i think this person needs to examine their monitor or tv settings yeah, I like maybe they're colorblind because it's a pink dick. Right. Were they watching it on a black and white television? Maybe I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It's a it's a mystery. But anyway, <laughs> finally, John Leslie is like, you're going to make me come. And then he kind of roars when he comes. He like It's that, a very yeah. loud like sound. And then they both start laughing a lot because sex is ridiculous and they're ridiculous people. I did enjoy that. I did enjoy the, the laughter afterwards. That was fun. I like it. I think I usually laugh during sex because mm-hmm. it is so silly. Like you gotta have a sense of whimsy about these things. 
yeah like it's silly and then like oh you accomplish something there's camaraderie in it if you both come like i i enjoy giggly sex and i think especially like group sex group sex for me has to there has to be laughter otherwise like things get too weird right right you kind of need kind of a i don't know a little bit of like a like a jackass vibe i feel just yeah yeah we're all in this doing weird shit together exactly and sometimes like maybe there can be like some fun i don't know playful one-upmanship some some stunts if you will and some giggles and laughs and and fun for all that's what that's the vibe personally that's what i yeah look for is a a sense of whimsy that's a good vibe so after they're done laughing she's putting on her lipstick uh, and he says, can I have your number? And she says, sure. You got to leave by Friday. <laughs> he said, okay, sure. And I promise not to tell your boss. And she's like, you can tell my boss. I don't give a fuck. I fucked him last week. <laughs> I thought that was such a power move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's, he's genuinely impressed. <laughs> I like that. Like, I like that about him. Again, like I do kind of think these two characters sort of deserve each yeah. other because they're both degenerates. They're total degenerates. My God. Can I uh, have your number? Mm. Sure. You've got to leave by Friday. No later, okay? Sure, Friday. It's a deal. And I promise not to tell your boss. (laughs) It wouldn't make any difference anyway. I fucked him last week. You devil you. Why don't you tell me? What do you think I am? Easy. Yeah, he's like, you devil, you you little devil, why didn't you tell me? When, and then she says, what do you up, think? <laughs> it didn't come up in conversation before, you weirdo. Yeah. Like, what is she going to be? Yeah, mean? like, it was kind of, you weren't talking a lot. And then she goes, what do you think I am? Easy? Da, 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 oh, I love the little da. wink that she did. What do you think I am? Easy? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's that comedic, like, music, which I really enjoy. I think uh, I think that was a good scene. I liked that scene yeah, overall. Yeah. With I didn't love the rape, rape the shit out of you or whatever he says. That was a little rough. But other than that, I thought the scene was pretty good. One thing I want to flag, since we have oh shit, a good bit left. We do. This might be a two-parter. I think it might be. Yeah, I think that might be wise. Please subscribe to the pod. We are currently on Apple Podcast and Spotify. We are also on Twitter at you like that underscore pod. Thank you so, so much for listening to the podcast, for supporting us on social media and on Patreon. We hope you'll join us for part two of Talk Dirty to Me. Mm-hmm.